what's up everyone four wins in june we're back after a, a week of basketball we have a lot to talk about we'll talk about the playoffs of course but first we want to highlight the all rookie teams the defensive teams and the all nba teams yeah i mean it's a whole regular season working towards these accomplishments we want to honor them and give our takes about if there's any snubs or anything or what's going on um so we'll dive into the the rookie team i know neither of us had really much game in this because neither Celtics or the Warriors had any real rookies produce much this year but there's a lot of cool names I'm excited to watch next year as well yeah I think one one that highlights is uh Keegan Murray for sure uh he had a great season in the, the regular season and then in the postseason he played all, all right at mm. some moments in the game he's a rookie you have to give it to him but I think the Kings got a winner there in Keegan Murray yeah and it's it's funny I'll, I'll own up to it I was Kind of making fun of the Kings when they drafted him because, like, bro, Jaden Ivey's right there. And, like, Jaden Ivey's no snub. He's on the second team. But Keegan Murray was exactly what they needed. He's a shooter, 3 and D wing. He play, fit right into their, their culture, their building their, with Mike Brown. And so I'll admit it. I was wrong during the draft. They did a good job. Jaden Ivey fits well in Detroit, too. So um, I was wrong there. But I wanted to give a shout-out to Paolo, of course, the rookie of the year, unanimous, uh, 100 votes for first team. But the funny thing is, did you see what happened with uh, Jalen Williams, though? No, I did not. So he got 99 votes for a first team. And the other Jalen Williams on OKC as well got one vote. And so the conspiracy theory is that he got that vote by accident. And someone typed in the wrong Jalen Williams when voting for first team. And so it robbed Jalen of a unanimous first team. Oh, my. That's funny. Huh. Are Which they, is like, and they're both rookies, right? Yeah, they're both rookies. Yeah. Both Jalen Williams, <laughs> just the first name spelt a little different. Yeah. Huh. So it's completely possible that when someone's filling out, they typed in the wrong name. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – it's a little more uh, of an accident than Mark Jackson leaving Nikola Jokic oh, out of yeah. the MVP. But we, well, we, don't... we can talk about that in All-NBA. All yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so pretty straightforward rookie class. Um, shout out Walker Kessler. I think he's only not, like, high lottery pick in the first team. Um, so – uh, he had a killer season for Utah, filling the shoes of Rudy Gobert really well. Yeah, I think so too. He averaged more rebounds and blocks than Rudy Gobert this season. As well. Yeah. So I will say the one name that kind of surprised me didn't make it was Shaden Sharp. I thought Shaden Sharp had a great season. Oh, yeah. And for him not to make the second team either is kind of surprising. That is surprising. I think yeah, like you said, he's a great player. He he was able to score a lot. I mean, it's it's the Timberwolves or it's the Trailblazers, but. You know, all these rookies are on terrible yeah. teams, so it's just all about skill and talent and what he did. And I think he, for sure, he. I mean, he's going to be great one day. Yeah. Like, he has – his balance is insane. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. I probably would have replaced Tari Eason with him. I don't think Tari Eason had as good of a season as he did. Obviously, I don't know all their stats off the top of my head because I don't follow the Rockets or the Trailblazers. Yeah. Um, but I, just from an outside perspective, I think Shaden Sharp had a good season. Also, I think Jaden Hardy on Dallas, I, I feel like he should have gotten more votes. He only got four second-team votes, which is surprising. He was a role play, a very critical role player for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. He, he played well I, he saw, uh, on that famous Luka assist when, yep. when he was trapped in the corner and made that three. So, shout-out to that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's the rookies will see – it's the first year. We'll see who pans out, who doesn't, of course, over the coming years. But 
Uh, let's get into the all-defensive teams next. You had Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, won Defensive Player of the Year, and after that, mm-hmm. it gets a little interesting. I think uh, there's a lot of people deserving of it. Well, let's talk about Derek White snub. Yeah, so at first I was pretty upset because I was like, oh, Derek White led the league in blocks as guards. And so I thought he was kind of a lock for All-NBA for defensive first team. He did make second team, so he wasn't completely snubbed. But the more I looked into it, like, I don't know why I thought Alex Caruso missed more time than he did. He actually played a good chunk of games. And so, like, I was kind of surprised by that. He had a really high um, steal and block combination. So I guess that's what kind of propelled him into the first team. So the more I looked into it, the more I was like, yeah, I guess Alex Caruso deserves to be there. Um, My Celtics bias was pretty high at the beginning, but I can understand that. And, of course, Drew Holiday... He's one of the most formidable defenders as a guard. He can clamp you up at any night, so I I respect that. Yeah, I mean, the teams look pretty good to me. Obviously, you have Drew Holiday, Lopez, Draymond. Kind of those are the ones who are always there, I feel like. And one one that I do think is interesting is Dylan Brooks. Uh, <laughs> you know, he has to talk about. He's a he's a he's a pesky guy. Yeah. However, would you put him over Lou Dort? Mm. That's my argument. I think Lou Dort is a better defender than Dylan Brooks, and they're kind of the same play style. Yeah, but this isn't just like who's a better defender, because I think there's a lot of better defenders out there that didn't make the list, but just didn't have as good defensive years. And yeah. so you look at players who like just don't really care about defense in the regular season. Whereas I think Dylan Brooks really cared about defense because he knew he sucked at offense. Yeah. And so that's why I think he made the team, just because yeah. he cared more. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, I think Lou Dort to throw out there. Yeah, I, I definitely think Lou Dort should have made the team. I think that's pretty pretty big snub. I think Lou Dort's an amazing defender, but maybe he just didn't have the playing time, or maybe he didn't have the stats to back it up. Maybe he missed some time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, these are regular season awards, and yeah. we'll see next year because you have to play sixty five games. It's true. In order I to want. Win I'll have to look into how many games these guys played to see how many would have qualified or not. Exactly, it should be interesting. And then, of course, you got Bam, the claims to be snubbed twice for DPOI, and the second team, which I just don't think Bam's that good of a defender. No. To be honest, like yeah. I'm watching him in the playoffs, especially against the Knicks, it's like, what what are you doing, bro? Exactly. Yeah, I mean. It's Ra- uh, is he on Randall? I, I don't know. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson too a lot. Yeah, so I, I mean, I guess he's doing a good job there. But yeah, you look at defenders, and it's not like oh, Bam is like you, like it's not one you think of on the list, right? Yeah. But anyway, I think I mean the defensive team is you can't really argue with that. I feel like they were yeah. fair and 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 the votes and good. stuff like that. They're good teams. But let's get into the. The all NBA teams. This is kind of interesting. The, I was just saying the that. meat and potatoes. I was like, I, I'd take over. I'd take the second team over the first team. Yeah, we'll um, just run down it because this is uh, what people care about. The first team is uh, headlined by Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Shea Gilgers Alexander, Luka Doncic. Um, the second team is Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, and Jalen Brown. And the third team is Demontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Damian Lillard. Julius Randle and LeBron James. Yeah, so, you know, stars studded for sure because it's uh, all NBA teams. I think uh, one of the, the interesting ones is Donovan Mitchell. 
Yeah. Uh, he was one of the best players this season. And how is he not on the first team? That's all I'll yeah, say. Yeah, it's pretty surprising. I mean, it always felt like Luca was a lock for first team, like the whole season. Um, even though he missed some games down the stretch and kind of cooled off, it always felt like it was a lock. And then Shea was the big question mark of if he was going to be first team or not. Um, I think he honestly deserved first team because he had an insane year, averaging nearly 31 and like seven uh, assists a game. Here, let me pull up the exact stats. Yeah, I mean, you have to give him the first team. I, w- I was just with Luca. Yeah. I think, yeah, first half of the season, like MVP. But second half really fell off, and Donovan Mitchell was able to sustain his play throughout the whole season and, you know, really turn that Cavs team from, like, an eight-seed play-in kind of contender to, you know, top-four seed. And, you know, what he did, 71 points in a game, like, all the just insane – he just had an insane season, and I think he should have taken that spot from Luka. I mean, I love Luka, but – I don't know. I, I, I just have. I would ra- yeah. rather have him there for what he did this season as to compared to what Luca did, because um, I know what Luca's potential is and how good he can be, and that's not what he was the second half. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a big snub there. Um, Donovan played the same amount of games as Shea did, but he actually played two more games than Luca did. Um, so it's it's a big question mark there, but. If you notice, every player on the first team averaged 30. So it kind of felt like a qualification almost for to be the first team you have to average 30. So yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the voters were thinking, but it wasn't very close between. I mean, it was like 40 points difference between Donovan and uh, – or no, no, it was Jokic. It was about 60-point difference between yeah. Donovan and Shea. Um, so obviously the voters felt pretty confident putting Shea in there, but – I bet they just looked at the points per game and said Donovan was too low to make first team. Yeah, probably right. And uh, I'll also shout out the Celtics for having two players in the yeah, that's huge first for and us. Second teams and uh, and the Kings for having two players on the third team. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of cool. There's not a, another team that has two players mm-hmm. in the top three uh, All NBA teams, so that's pretty yeah. impressive. It's huge for the Celtics to now. Uh, Brown is eligible for the Supermax deal, so we can offer him nearly $300 million, which is absolutely insane money. Um, and then Tatum also making it is going to be eligible for another Supermax, so he's going to be eligible for, I think by the time the TV deal kicks in, it's going to be like $500 million or something like that, which is just insane. Celtics are going to have to pay up to keep their stars in town, which they absolutely should. Under the new CBAs, they're not going to be able to replace them very easily. So pay now, pay them well. They're good stars. They're young. They're athletic. They've proven they get to the finals. This is great for them, great for the organization to be able to outbid anyone else. Mm-hmm. Because if Jalen Brown didn't make an all-NBA team, then it would have been kind of a murky future for them to see because it wouldn't have been that much of a difference between what other teams can offer. Yeah. So, I mean, big things heading into the off season, but let's get into the playoffs. Uh this is what we we live for, and yeah. it's been an awesome wild ride the last couple of days. Let's first lots get of into, ups and downs. Yeah, for sure. Let's first get into the Celtics, fresh off their comeback. Oh was, boy, that was an amazing game. I must say, just watching it yeah. back and forth all the way to the end. It gave a lot of um, 
2018 LeBron Game 7 vibes for the Celtics fans. Because it was very low scoring. It was kind of just slow. It was kind of like back and forth. And kind of felt like, <clears throat> who's going to get the last punch off? And no one could get that punch off until LeBron James in the fourth quarter got the punch off. And I kept saying, oh, crap. Embiid or Harden's going to get that punch off. We're going to lose this game. And um, But Tatum, obviously, he's looked like the worst player on the court for the first 44 minutes of the game. And then the last four minutes, I guess, Kobe came down and helped him out. And he turned into Kobe Bryant for the last four minutes of the game and won us that game. Kept us alive. And obviously, the series doesn't end at six games. And it's at seven, so we can't celebrate too soon. But it's it's good to get the win. Good to have the season continue at least till Sunday. Yeah, and like we were saying, Tatum struggled the whole game except for the fourth quarter, and that's what great players do. They they turn it on when it matters most. They show up when they, they need to. And throughout that whole game, he didn't really need to show up those mm-hmm. first three quarters. He had Malcolm Brogdon going off and, you know, just the other players – really kicking in and yeah. then fourth quarter you need a big shot and that's what he's there for and i thought his post-game interview when he said he's one of the best players in the league like humbly speaking i mean he is i mean he's first team all nba so like it's, it's just true. a fact like he was voted one of the top five player in the league he's fourth in all mvp voting so like mm-hmm. as much as you want to hate him for whatever reason for his idolization of kobe or for deuce or whatever like he is one of the best players in the league. Yeah, exactly. And I will not fail to mention, uh, I forgot that Doc Rivers was the coach of the 76ers. <laughs> so, that brought Celtics fans a lot of peace so after game five. You just, yeah, you just have to remember that because, you know, there's a lot of choke artists on, yeah. that, on that team. You have Harden. You know, he's been up in the series before uh, in his past. And Doc Rivers has blown three 3-1 leads, I think. Yeah. A lot of three one leads. <laughs> and then in game seven, he's like really bad. His record's yeah. terrible. So well, see, congratulations to the he, Celtics for being the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I wouldn't say that just yet. He probably is the best team he's had since the 08 Celtics on the Sixers. Uh, I think the Sixers, Sixers team is better than any of the Clippers the teams. The Clippers? Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, um, so Well, Chris it, Paul is a choke artist, too. We'll yeah. get into him, too. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about one thing I've never seen on the basketball court was that that clear path foul, that was just weird. So if you guys didn't watch yeah. the game, it was in the, the fourth quarter. It was a tie game, super close. Jalen Brown does his classic, I love you, Jalen. But you do this all the time where you try and just beat someone around the corner and you kind of slip or just lose the ball in a live ball turnover. Maxie gets the ball, and Maxie's so fast. He just sprints out there. Tatum, frustrated, just kind of grabs him and does a foul. And so obviously – Clear path foul, take foul, whatever you want to call it. They go review it. They call it clear path, which means they get two free throws and the ball. And so the Sixers sent Joel Embiid out to shoot the free throws. No one bats an eye. And he shoots them, makes them both, and they get the possession. And then like two possession later, Doc Rivers challenges the call, which is a pretty obvious out-of-bounds call against Robert Williams. It got returned. But during the challenge, they keep talking. And Doc Rivers seems pretty upset. And you're like, what is he upset about? He's getting the ball. It turns out, uh, clear path foul, the person who got fouled needs to shoot the free throws. And so they took the free throws off the board, the points off the board, and made Tyrese Maxey reshoot the free throws. I was flabbergasted. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that like, either. Two or three possessions have gone by since that. Like, And you just take the points off, pretend they didn't happen? 
It was wild. Yeah, it was it was crazy. You never you never know what you're gonna see these days. I guess. Yeah, everyone was confused. The Sixers fans are booing. I mean, Tyrese Maxey made both of them, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. But it was just everyone was a loss of words. Yeah, it's like I didn't I didn't know you could do that. So. Yeah. It was crazy. Watch but. out. Watch out. No lead is safe now when you have uh, the refs. They can take off points. Yeah. But <laughs> the Celtics should. They're, they're going back home to game seven. They should get the dub there. But I think my dad put it best. The Celtics this year are kind of like the super hot crazy chick. Like she's super hot, but you don't want to date her because you don't know what you're going to get from her every night. She's just psychotic. And you just kind of want to say, like, yeah, like, you're hot, but I'll, I'm going to stay away from you. Or, or like, uh, the Forrest Gump, yeah. life is like a box of chocolates. The Celtics <laughs> are assorted chocolates. You never know yeah. which one you're going to get. You could get game five Celtics where you just look at him and be like, how the fetch did you make the playoffs? <laughs> or you could get game one, uh, two Celtics where you, like, blow them out by 30. Or you get game six Celtics where they look like good for first quarter and trash for two quarters. Then Tatum looks like Kobe for a fourth quarter. Like, they're just so, like, you don't know what to expect from them. Like, it's frustrating as a Celtics fan, but, like, they won the game. Yeah. So, got to, got to win game seven. Hopefully the good Celtics show up and not the psychotic Celtics. Yeah, hopefully it's a great game. And I know Corey wants them to be up by 40, but yeah, it'll probably be a great uh, close game. But anyway, we want to get into uh, the first team to get eliminated this round, and that is... The Suns, the hot Suns, the red hot Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix bums. They're <laughs> like everyone when they traded for KD, they were all excited, and you know, like you you have to be excited. You got Kevin Durant, and then you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Aiton. But then, <laughs> but, but then, then is the big butt. <laughs> but then, who, who else? Who else is there? And what if? What if? I mean, when Chris Paul gets injured. Who's going to step up? And then, you know, if DeAndre Ayton plays a, a big center, you know, who's going <laughs> who's to stop him? So, the, I don't know where to start with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Which, by the way, if you're a Suns fan and you're saying, oh, we only lost because CP3 was injured. We only lost because Ayton was injured. Like, miss me with that. No, yeah. Campaign played better than CP3 all series. Y'all were down 0-2 without CP3. And missing with Aiden, Aiden sucked. Yeah. He wasn't even playing in the clutch. Jock Landale outplayed him. Jock Landale. And Bismack Biombo. Hey, do you, here's the trivia for you. Do you the know big, where Jock Landale went to college? St. Mary's. I had a kid. I, yeah. I, Going I, to BYU, we know St. Mary's very well. So I was kind of shocked to see that he went there. The Australian, the Australians always go to St. Mary's. Yeah. The white Australians. But, <laughs> but so missing with that, they were injured. Crap. I'm like, the better players are playing. You played better with them. Yeah. And you got laughed off your home court again, which but down by thirty at half. Deja vu. Yeah. Any anyway, yeah. The Suns, like you trade for Kevin Durant and you just give up your whole bench. And with and Chris future. Paul, yeah, with Chris Paul, like like he's not he's not that guy. We've seen it over and no. over again. We've seen the injuries. They play better without him because they're able to push the pace. He's old. He's slow. Aiton. He's a shell of himself. I I like to compare Aiton to Carl Anthony Towns because I remember just watching Towns growing up and I saw Clint Capella lock him up. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Aiton. You put some center on him, some big guy, and it's like what, yeah. what do you even do? Nothing. Like I know it's Jokic and he's the like greatest center right now. Yeah. 
I will say that he's better than Embiid, but <laughs> greatest center. And like, of course, he's gonna just get owned. But I, I just feel like Aiton, he's he's just not an like, he's not a star. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what they paid him. They paid him so much. Yeah. Well, it's because Indianapolis paid him. They that's didn't true. pay him. Indianapolis did. They said, "Well, fetch." Like, yeah, we're not giving anything else. We might well, as well match it. The Suns should be begging the the Pacers to trade for Miles Turner, like straight yeah, up. Yeah, that'd be. That, <laughs> they should have done that, man. But I mean, I gotta give more more flowers to campaign. Obviously, he played his heart out in that elimination game. He yeah. shot seventy percent plus from three and seventy percent from the field. Like, homie couldn't miss. Like, if you had. Campaign dropping 31 in an elimination game on your bingo card. Like, props to you. I did it. Exactly. And, like, if he didn't miss both those free throws at the end of the game, he would have been the high score of the night. Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. I mean, like, you say, oh, Kevin Durant and Booker could have, like, helped out. But it's like you had a game where they scored 86 combined. 87? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, 89, I think. Or Yeah, something insane amount. And it's like. But that doesn't really happen a lot. No. And for that to happen and for them to win is, like, insane. Yeah. And so it's like you're not going to get that again. You'd be lucky if you get 60 combined from them. Yeah. And, like, it just shows that last night, like, you can't win with this the super team, like, mindset. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just going to get a star. We already have three, right? You yeah. just can't win like that. And the Nuggets have proven – that team the basketball built an amazing roster. Exactly, like their roster is so deep. It's so well built around Jokic. It's amazing. And and we said any one of those seven players could give you twenty on any given mm-hmm. night, like Bruce Brown, Caldwell Pope, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, Murray. Like that's six players that could have the potential to give you twenty. Yeah, and we saw that with Caldwell Pope. He was on yeah. fire. He was a bucket last night, but. It's crazy because we said all series, Devin Booker was insane. He was white hot. He looked like prime MJ for the first four games. And we said, hey, if he cools down even a little bit, y'all are getting blown out. And the Suns fans were like, no, we're not. Like, we're too good. Like, Devin Booker's not going to cool down. And guess what? He cooled down. And y'all got blown out of your own building. Yeah. It's, I saw a stat last night on ESPN. It was crazy. So the Suns' back-to-back season had gone blown out at home. By 25-plus points. This is the third time it's happened in NBA history. I I didn't know it happened twice before this. Wow. Like, that's insane. Yeah. I, I need to figure out what those other two teams were. But the, I guess the Suns aren't in that rare of company. Huh. Interesting. But, I mean, that's the that's the series. I think yeah. Denver, they're legit. We keep saying it. And they're the favorites, I think. Like, yeah. I think to win it now. Yeah, they're, they got such a good team. They're so consistent, too. Unlike every other team, they're just um, inconsistent so much. But Denver, they're always there. And their home court, they protect it. You have yeah. to go travel up to the mile high. Yeah. It's not fun to play in at the elevation. So, yeah, yeah I, I look to them as the favorites. It's going to be tough to knock them out. Yeah, but before we move on to the next series, I do want to bring up the Jokic pushing the side oh, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I should say some fans. Some random fans. Which is one of the funniest things. that No matter how many questions they ask, no one on the Nuggets – was like yeah the sun's owner like yeah and some fan was holding the basketball yeah, yeah. it was so funny I, I like mike malone his post thing he's like i don't care like they shouldn't be holding it he's trying to play basketball and i i said uh there was a post on on instagram it was like saying Jokic got fined it was like 
I said, if the son's owner doesn't get fined, he should pay for Jokic's. Because mm-hmm. that whole thing was so dumb. It's like, give the ball back. He held it for like three seconds, like yeah. trying to delay the game. Yeah, and he tried to like rip it away from Jokic too. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Like, I know they're all cool and stuff. It's kind of a joke. But yeah. for poor Jokic, he makes $50 million a year. He's going to have <laughs> to give up 25 k Like, poor Jokic. Poor Jokic. But it was funny at the TNT interview after Game Five. He was like, "Yeah, like I caught up with him. Like we're all good. I was hoping you'd pay my fine." Yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't. But <laughs> I, it's funny. Jokic is is talking more trash lately. This playoff run, he's getting more confident. That's true. He's talking some trash to Shaq also, saying like, "Oh, Shaq, where's your playoff triple doubles?" Yeah. Um, so, props to Jokic, man. You guys don't want to see a confident Jokic. Yeah, he's he's insane. He just the touch he has. He, so much fun to watch. Yeah. So much fun to watch. Uh, anyway, the, that's that series. Bye-bye, Suns. Hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> next, we have the Knicks. Uh, they were able to defend their, their home court for Game 5, and they're pushing it back to Miami. Jalen Brunson had to play the whole game, and we know that Tom Thibodeau is not afraid to play his players. Run them down to the <laughs> ground. So, <laughs> Yeah. Everyone thought, like, oh, the Knicks have kind of a good rotation. Tom Thibodeau doesn't have to play him. Then back to his uh, grind. Yep, back to his old ways. Yep. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yep. But, I mean, they kind of had to. They were desperate. And it kind of came down to the wire still, even with him playing 48 minutes. Um, I think the funniest part of the game was uh, down the stretch when Jimmy Butler was intentionally fouling Mitchell Robinson. He kind of just kept slapping his butt. It was like, ref, ref, ref. And then ref finally called a foul. He got two free throws. And he cashed both of them. And then immediately after, they sub him out. And they, Mitch Robinson runs to the bench so happy. He goes, yeah, guys, I made both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Knicks, I don't, I don't think they got it. Like, you have two games, and it's against Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if they do win this one, this is the game. Like, we have the Warriors, too. These game sixes, if the road team wins, they have the momentum yeah. going into game seven. But I don't. I just don't know if they can do it. Well, here's the thing: is Scott Foster's refereeing tonight? The extender is in New York, or should I say Miami? So maybe some cheeky little calls there for the Knicks to get Game Seven. Maybe, maybe. And I think last the last game, Game Five, really showed how bad the Heat roster is outside Jimmy Butler. Like, there that roster is so bad, man. Like, if you're getting Cody Zeller big minutes and Duncan Robinson big minutes, like. No offense to those guys, but, like, they're not good NBA players. Yeah. They're aight, but, like, they're not conference finals lover NBA players. Yeah, they're kind of, like, uh, waiver waiver yeah. claims and fantasy. I mean, that's literally where they got Cody Zeller. I'm pretty sure he was just on the waivers this year. Yeah. So, like, it's just that team is so bad after Jimmy Butler. I think it really showed in Game 5, and it could show in Game 6 again. Yeah, true. But – I did want to bring up the Stephen A. Smith on first take. Called out Knicks fans because apparently the members of the Knicks organization, they're like complaining about him, saying like, oh, like Stephen A. Smith makes you upset. And so Stephen A. was like, listen, I don't care. I'm going to keep supporting you. I don't care if I annoy you. <laughs> so they're turning on him, man. Dang. They're turning on Stephen A. And we're just blue skies, huh? <laughs> we mad clutch. I, Stephen A. is annoying when he talks about the Knicks. That's true. It's just, yeah, it's. He just goes on rants, but no one wants to watch it. It's like, yeah, come on. Not even the Knicks fans want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, that series, I feel like that's the most boring series out of all of them. It's Yeah, I sometimes forget it's a series. Exactly, yeah. Like, like, oh, they're still playing. But yeah. Anyway, cause it's just, I mean, they're they're good teams, but you just know that the they, real they team got flaws. that's going to come out of the East is the Celtics or the Six, Sixers. Sixers. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised in the next round if it's four to one. Like, We'll know. see, but you never, you never, like I, I don't know what Jimmy could do, so that's the outlier. But anyway, let's get to the real one: the Lakers and the Warriors. Um, yours truly got to go to <laughs> Game Five. It yeah. was it was lit. It was kind of one. I just you just had a feeling they were gonna win. Like everyone in the arena was like super confident they were gonna win, and they did. Uh, they started Gary Payton. They you know, went with what worked in the last game. I mean, even though they didn't get the W in game four, it worked. Putting Peyton in and involving AD in high pick and rolls, opening up the floor and getting AD out of the, the blocking area um, to, to you know, alter shots. And I think it totally worked. Uh, Gary Peyton uh, had an amazing impact. I know I, we love Looney. I actually got to see uh looney's mom and dad it was pretty cool shout out to uh what's his name doug doug uh, looney we love doug um it was it was pretty fun but just an amazing atmosphere for my first time at chase center really loud same same vibes as oracle mm-hmm. um oracle is just you know a lot of history a lot of you know real true fans i feel like chase center's more i felt a little bit of the business kind of rich kind of vibe kind a of little classy. bit um, other side when like oracle used to be like just a down and dirty like let's get a win no matter what now it's kind of like professional yeah exactly and you don't have much of those fans who are just like saying whatever they yeah. want and, and all that so but it was it was a great experience steph steph wasn't really shooting well they didn't really have a lot of players shooting well besides wiggins and draymond uh, yes, sir. They were really efficient. Uh, I Ron got a good audition for his next team there. He, <laughs> don't say that. But he had a he had a nice jumper at the end of the shot clock. That was really clutch. And then Wiggins all night aggressive in inside. He had a nice and one. Uh, LeBron fouled him. Also, LeBron uh, fouled Gary Payton on that. I thought Gary mm-hmm. was going to dunk that on him. Yeah, but he made a business decision and said, you know, I, I'm going to go around. He did. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, big performances. I do want to say Poole, he scored a little. <laughs> he got more than zero. So it, maybe he'll get his confidence going to game six. But Clay, man, Clay, I don't know what's up with him. He better have a great game six or I don't know. Like we, yeah. we, we can't win without Clay. Um, hey, game six, Clay, he's, he's always there. He's constant. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think I expect him to play well. Uh, Got to watch out for Lonnie Walker, baby. This is the game. I I just I don't really have any words. Yeah. It's, this is the game. This is the season right here. It is. It's it's a lot similar to what I was feeling last night. I, it was is terrible feeling all day yeah. leading up to the game. You're nervous. You're like, crap. I could wake up tomorrow and just be over. But hey, we got to shout out your guys' MVP though, the Corgi, the Air Corgi on uh, social media. He's actual stud. He's predicted all five games of that series correctly. If you guys don't know who he is, he's a little dog, on, and he hits the ball up, and it goes into one of the two baskets he predicts series. And he's five for five so far, 
and he predicts Warriors in seven. So MVP of the Warriors is the little corgi on t- on Twitter. Exactly. It was pretty funny too. They showed the the corgi after the game on the jumbo. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's legendary. <laughs> so, so I've been saying we believe in the dog. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> MVP of the Warriors right there. Um, Might be our new mascot next year. Yeah, Golden State Corgis. <laughs> I saw it. Lakers fans on Twitter were going crazy. Like, we need to find this dog. Yeah. Like, where is it at? <laughs> Take him out back. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's it's pretty funny. Obviously, the Corgi doesn't know what's going on. It's just fun in games. But if he does go 7-for-7, seven seven, and that, you know what that means, though? It means LeBron blows a 3-1 lead to Steph Curry. Yeah, I know. Which would be? A little bit of his own medicine. I don't know what, like, the people what debate, like, go, or who's better, like, that would just be embarrassing. That would be a stain on LeBron's resume. And it would kind of be like his biggest thing was like, oh, I came back 3-1 against the best team in, in the NBA history. And now you lose 3-1 against a worse team when you're probably a better team, to be honest. It's just like, come on, LeBron stands. Like, you better hope this doesn't happen. Yeah. No, believe me how much I want it to happen. I remember telling Corey, I was like, I don't really want them to go down 3-1. However, <laughs> however, we've been up 3-1 to LeBron, and we choked, and so it would be fun. Yeah. The roles we re- were reversed. Um, I think the Lakers lost uh, game five because, you know, their players played to their abilities, and mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker <laughs> played to his ability. Uh, Lonnie Walker didn't turn into Kobe Bryant in the fourth again. Exactly. I will, I will say that is the luckiest thing that like for LeBron, like someone has to bail you out. It's either the refs or some random player that sucks yeah. the whole series and then, or the whole, his whole career. Like yeah. for, I mean, of course, give him the praise and everything, but he's just not, he's not that guy. Like, yeah, he's and, not a good player, but like you gotta give him props. Cause like he, was getting no playing time. Yeah. He stayed ready and he got his opportunity and he hit some shots. So like you gotta give him props. That's a class move by Lonnie Walker. But yeah, yeah. he's not gonna do that again. I yeah, I don't expect it, him to do it again. If he does, then you know, we're supposed to lose. Like yeah. like Draymond says, like, you know, you can't really do anything about that. So Yeah, one interesting thing that's going on though is uh between the Celtics and Warriors I feel like they're kind of they're mirroring each other. I know we talked about last podcast where games one, two, and three kind of followed a f- similar script. Um, whereas nowadays, uh, you look at it and be like, every time the Warriors play, like the Celtics play very similar to the next day. Like the Warriors lost game four and they kind of just looked terrible. And then the Celtics come out game five and they just look terrible. And then the Warriors come out and kind of dogfight and win it in the clutch time. Celtics come out and win it in the clutch time. Draymond Green drops 20. Marcus Smart drops 20. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they're like looking across the the conference. They're just watching each other saying like, all right, if Golden State does it, we need to do it. Or if Boston does it, we need to do it. Like we need to keep up with each other because I think, honestly, they want the rematch. I mm-hmm. think they look at it and say, okay, Boston's the team we want to beat. Or Golden State's the team we want to beat them to prove last year was a fluke. So it's kind of interesting to see. Hopefully the Warriors play well tomorrow. Uh, or tonight, so that Celtics can mirror that in Game Seven, but we'll see what happens. That's true. I mean, maybe uh, you know Clay will be off the whole game, and then the fourth drop sixteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe uh, he'll mirror Tatum, but yeah, hopefully we have uh, the two best words Game Seven yep. on Sunday. 
That would be great. Um, you could have three of them. That's true. Uh, we almost had four, but yeah, you know, uh, thirty points is hard to come back. Right? Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, let's let's uh, just throw this kind of random fact at the end, and then we'll get into our bets. But Colin Cowherd, he had a great trade idea. <laughs> Corey, take it away for that. <laughs> so like everyone was laughing at Colin, and like obviously, before we get into the actual trade, this is just for clicks because at the time, Celtics fans and Warriors fans were both like kind of down to dumps like dang we're gonna lose like we we're in the finals last year so it's obviously just for clicks yeah perfect timing yeah but the trade idea is between the celtics and warriors and obviously i thought it would be good to discuss because we're celtics warriors fans um but the trade is jalen brown and malcolm brogdon for jordan Poole and andrew wiggins so i guess i'll let you go first like what are your thoughts like so i i think <laughs> i think wiggins is definitely better than brogdon yeah i think Brown is definitely better than Wiggins. I think Poole is definitely not as good as Brown. And not as good as Brogdon this year. But Poole has a higher ceiling. And what he's done in the past has been way better than Brogdon, I will say. Um, Leading them to a championship. His old playoffs last year. I mean, during the regular season this year, he still averaged 17. Like, he's he's a great player. I mean, a lot of that was because Steph was out, mm-hmm. but clearly it's yeah, it's lopsided for the Celtics because you have all like all NBA second team player, multiple time All Star. Like I know Wiggins was an All Star last year, but it's like All Star starter, All Star start. Yes, thank you, uh, <laughs> Suga or whatever is <laughs> the uh, Korean guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, but obviously. Obviously, they're yeah. The Celtics, Brown and Brogdon, are a lot better, and you you know what mm. you're gonna get, right? I know what I'm gonna get with Wiggins. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna get with Poole though, but I know what I'm gonna get with Brown and Brogdon every night. Yeah, I mean, my thing with the trade is, I don't want Jordan Poole on my team. I've been very vocal about this, Dana. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad player, but I think he's just in the perfect system for him right now. Yeah, I think if he went to any other team, I don't think he'd play as well because he kind of needs that Golden State offense, that free ball moving, the running around with Steph, and being to able to thrive. turn it over all the time. Yeah, like still get away with it somehow. It's the it was almost built for him. Like no one knew it coming out of college, but like it is the perfect system for him. So my fear, if anyone trades Jordan Poole, you get him in this new system, it just wouldn't work out as well. Yeah, and so that's my big thing. And plus, his contract is pretty big. And I'm looking at it from the Warriors' perspective. I'm like, I don't know why they would do it in the first place. Like, yes, you're getting back the better players, per se. But you're trading your best defensive wing for two more guards. And the Warriors are already so deep in the guard position, mm-hmm. you really don't need more guards. Yeah, You need more defensive wings and, and size. Exactly. Especially at Draymond Walks. Like, it, it doesn't really make sense for Golden State anyways. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And... Wiggins, he's like talk about a fit. He's yeah. found his home here in mm-hmm. Golden State, and yeah, he like he probably is not going to score like as, as much as Brown, of course. But what he's able to do both ends of the court, um, it's kind of very rare and hard to come by. Yeah, uh, and especially in this league, you need that you need that wing player, that three and D wing player. Yeah, and Wiggins is you know. One of the best of them. Yeah. Jalen Brown should have been should be one of those, but his defense has been hit or miss recently. Yeah. Um, but I think it's Colin Coward's main argument was 
oh, Tatum's not as much of an alpha, and Jalen Brown's too much of an alpha, so we need to kind of break them up, and so Tatum can be more of an alpha, which is so dumb, because, like, yeah. who cares? Just go out and hoop. Just play, yeah. And, like, you think t- Brown's too much of an alpha for Tatum? Like, what do you think's going to happen when he's in the locker with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson? Like, you think they're going to let him be the alpha? Yeah. Like, no. Like, there's Flash Bros on Golden State. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't work out for Kevin Durant. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense on so many levels. His logic is flawed, and it's just like, it's such a bad trade. Yeah, I, I agree for both teams. Um, but, you know, whatever you to do, get the attention, get the Yeah, clicks. it worked. Like, yeah. you got our attention. Like, yeah. Social media was talking about. <laughs> but, like, it, it's just funny. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that, I think that's going to do it for our, our content. Uh, we'll, so we'll get into the bets. Yes, sir. Uh, Corey's up four. He's kind of running away with it. I think he. there's not a lot of time for me to come back this season. But. We'll see. We'll see. Depending <laughs> um, yeah. on how many episodes we do. That's true. That's true. I'm at nine. He is at 13. We have five ties. So, Corey, mm-hmm. fresh off a win, you can start it off. Yeah, it's uh, it feels like deja vu. It feels like every time we record, it's Nick's Heat and Warriors Lakers. <laughs> And I get picked Nick's Heat, and then Damon gets the Warriors. So, yep. uh, I mean, it's really the only pick for the game. We don't know what Damon's <laughs> going with. Um, so, the Knicks are on the road against the Heat. Uh, heat are m- minus six favorites on, at home. Like I said, Scott Foster's in Miami. The warm weather. He's enjoying life. He hasn't refed in a couple days. The, the NBA said, hey, get ready for that. That game six down there in Miami. He might be a little tan. So... <laughs> We'll see what happens, but I got to bet that they extend the series. I'm going to go with the Knicks. Okay, okay, that's a good one. I'd probably go with them too. Uh, and, and finally, Warriors-Lakers, I'll just say the spread. The Lakers are favored in three, so you already know my pick. Dub Nation, let's go. Let's get it. Hopefully, oh, you, you're we picking the Lakers? Hopefully it doesn't end now. <laughs> nah, you got to go with the Corgi. The real gold. Freaking Lakers gold. It's yellow. It's like yellow, gold. yeah. Yeah, but you got to go with the Corgi. The Warriors are winning this game. So, Justin the Corgi. Exactly. That dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. We have that, that Corgi. Believe in the <laughs> dog. We believe. So, uh, we'll see you see next time. See you.